Hey everyone, this is Lynn Bartan, and you are listening to the Apex Hour on KSUU Thunder 91.1. In this show, you get more personal time with the guests who visit Southern Utah University from all over, learning more about their stories and opinions beyond their presentations on stage. We will also give you some new music to listen to and hope to turn you on to some new sounds and new genres. You can find us here every Thursday at 3 p.m., on the web at seu.edu slash apex, or email us at seuapex at icloud.com. But for now, welcome to this week's show here on Thunder 91.1. All right. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Lynn Vartan, and you are listening to the Apex Hour. And this is kind of a cool beginning of the summer edition of the Apex Hour for us. As some of you know, our season with the guests has ended for the semester here at Southern Utah University. But what we're going to do for the upcoming summer months is keep this show going. And we're going to be on an every other week format, so you can listen to us here live right here on KSUU Thunder 91.1, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Or if you're a subscriber of the podcast, those podcasts will show up in iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. So we're looking forward to continuing to bring you great content this summer. So definitely subscribe if you can to the podcast. We love the ratings. That will really help us out and get us up there kind of on the charts um, in the podcast ratings. So Today is all about books. We thought, you know, in the magazines you read, you get a summer reading list and what should I read this summer and what should I listen to and what should I watch? And some of these things are going to be fun for us to kind of talk about on the show. So we're going to start uh, today by talking about books. And I'm going to start with a quote actually from the book that I'm reading right now. Um, so this is a quote that is uh, attributed to George R. R. Martin, but I'm not reading a George R. R. Martin book. I'll tell you about the book I'm reading in a minute. But the quote is, a reader lives a thousand lives before he dies, said Yoyan, and, and the man who never reads lives only one. So we're going to start today um, talking about books, and I've got a guest in the studio with me. So Jason, tell us who you are. Hi, Lynn. My name is Jason Sander. Um, I work here at SUU. Uh, I'm an English teacher for the American Language and Culture Center. We work with international students here on campus. And I'm an avid reader. And uh, Lynn was nice enough to have me on today. Yeah, I mean, I I know you socially, mm-hmm. so I go to your house, and where I'm always constantly got my eyes in your bookcases. A lot of books. And yeah, you yeah. have a ton of books. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the conversation um, being: What are you reading right now? Uh, to, I'd I'd like to read more than one book sometimes. Oh. Um, and right now I'm rereading a book because at I, I'm originally from Southeast Missouri right on the Mississippi River, and sometimes I get homesick. Huh? And oh. when I get homesick, I, I like to read Mark Twain. Oh, I know, wow. I know. I but Mark Twain, I think, is is very understood, but some sometimes misunderstood because he wrote a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot of a lot of stuff that a lot of people did. I'm actually reading Huckleberry Finn, which is not overly creative choice yeah. today, but um, <laughs> I really love it. I, I like to reread that book like once every 10 years. Really? What uh-huh. about that particular book? Is it just the memory of home or is there something about that? That particular story that speaks to you? That narrative particular in, in particular, I think it 
it's still relevant because every time you read it, depending on where you are in your own life, you can take away something different. And that's yeah. the magic of literature, really, yeah. especially classical literature. I know it may seem a bit boring, but yes, I'm now reading Huckleberry Finn. I currently. love it. I think mm-hmm. that's great. And you said you're reading some other things as well? Yeah, I'm about to finish. Uh, one of my favorite writers is Tom Robbins. Uh-huh. Um, very famous, been around since the 60s, kind of a counterculture voice. But he, his most recent book, I know it's a few years old at this point, is called Tibetan Peach Pie. Tibet. I don't know that one. Tibetan peach pie. It's it's uh it's actually he's famous for novels, but this is uh, creative nonfiction. Uh, even if you look at the blurbs or at the inner jacket, he doesn't. He said this is not an autobiog or autobiography, but it kind of is. Yeah. Um, it's stories about his life, how he became interested in writing, and all the weird stuff that kind of inspired his uh, more famous novels. It's so. such a great title. Wow. Yeah, Tibetan. It, his titles are always amazing. Half yeah, asleep a, in frog pajamas. Like what? What's that one? Half asleep in frog pajamas. Okay, great. Yeah. So <laughs> the author and title again, and we'll we'll make a collection of these and put them up on the site. But that one that you're reading right now is? Tibetan Peach Pie by Tom Robbins. Tom Robbins. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, the one that I'm reading now, I have to give a shout out to Madeline at um, at, at Penguin Bookhouse. She is an agent that I've been working with for Apex Apex Events, and um, she just does some really cool things. And she sent me a book that's called Books for Living by Will Schwalbe or Schwalbe. He's the author of another book called The End of Your Life Book Club. But this Books for Living is really interesting. He goes through every chapter is perspectives on a book. So, for example, he talks about Stuart Little. He talks about the girl <laughs> on the train. He talks about the Odyssey. Um, he talks about Giovanni's Room, David Copperfield, um, all these great Lolita, um, you know, all these great books um, and and just lessons in life from them. Zen and the Art of Archery, Song of Solomon, and on and on and on. So I'm just really enjoying that that book right now. I'm just about a third of the way into it, but it's really cool. Books for Living by Will, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Schwalbe, S-C-H-W-A-L-B-E. So that's a really cool one. So that's what's currently on the desk for mm-hmm. both Jason and I. But it brings the topic up, and I know this is something you feel strongly about, is um, – you know, the idea of the book and, um, the, as a, as a, as an entity in our lives. An actual artifact. Yeah. A physical, artifact. Uh, something you can hold in your hand. Yeah. Right. Because we have these, all this context of, uh, are we reading on the Kindle? Are you reading in person? And tell, give me some insight on that. I know you have some strong ideas uh, about this topic. This, when it comes to books and music, I, I'm, I don't know if it's it's really even a subculture, but growing up, the bookstore and the record store kind of saved my life, you know? Really? Sincerely, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I was a bit of a strange kid, a bit quiet. Yeah? And I kind of found refuge in books and music. Yeah. And I remember even when I was really, really young, the first bookshop uh, I went to, my grandfather took me there, and I never wanted to leave. Oh, wow. Uh, in the public library as well, I'd just be dropped off on a Saturday. It sounds really lame, but I would be dropped off on a Saturday. I'd have dreams about it on Wednesday, going to the library. But I loved, I mean, I just found, uh, I found uh, refuge in books and I would spend all of my money, um, you know, from mowing lawns or allowances, which wasn't much, but even to a point where my mom was concerned, you would think like, 
What's but, this kid doing yeah, with all this paper? <laughs> he should be spending it on things that are bad. But yeah. Yeah, I would spend it on books. Like every bit of my money was always spent on books. But the bookshop to me represented a place to, to actually learn from people. Which is something that you don't really get when you're just, you know, endlessly looking through reviews on Amazon or like if you're just in a space, you know, online and you're looking for books. Yes. And there's a lot of useful resources. There's YouTube videos. But there's nothing like that person who just says, oh, you like that. Why don't you try this? So you mean the, the human, people you run into in right. the bookstore? I've made lifelong friends in bookstores. No way. Really? Yeah, two of my first girlfriends. Those weren't all successful. But <laughs> yeah. When you meet someone in a new age section of a bookstore, sometimes it's a it's a you flag. Stay away. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, Angie. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. So, can you describe for me? I mean, I'm thinking of like the little boy in you going yeah. into that bookstore, going to that library. He's still alive. He's still very He's still much in there. Alive. He's still in there. <laughs> can you describe yeah. for me that feeling a little bit? I mean, what mm-hmm. was it that 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 made that magic happen for you? Was it the idea of like, did stories kind of jump out at you or was it all the possibilities or was it, you could be alone with these words and the imagery? What, what was that? I think for me, being able to absorb things at my own pace, I was always a little bit of a slow reader and still am. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll take, you know, twice as much time as, you know, the average person to read a book. I just really get absorbed. I think that's really inspiring for people because I know, you know, friends of mine sometimes get afraid of reading because they, they think that they're, oh, well, this is something I'm too slow at and only the good, you know, good readers are fast readers. So I think that's mm-hmm. really inspiring for you to share that. And, and for anybody listening, we may have yeah. some young people listening who aren't aren't excited about reading because they feel like they're maybe not good at it or, yeah, you know, sure. so this is a good testament to that not being the case. You can, you can read if you want to read. Absolutely. And having just being able to experience things, um, in stories, uh, I grew, I was also very lucky to grow up in a place in a family of storytellers. Oh. Uh, the, the, more of an oral tradition. So, like, I mean, they were readers. Like, even my, my grandfather, whose biggest inspiration, he was the one that took me to my yeah. first bookshop and used to – one of the things that he used to I – mean, he had a fifth-grade education, but he was a reader. Yeah. Like, from, you know, a very young age until the day he died. I mean, he always had a book in his hands. So, I think maybe being surrounded by those people – and he was very patient. Uh-huh. And I always wanted to be patient. And I thought by reading – like doing something, slowing down, getting away from like all the noise in my day. It was just a, a really cherished time. So I, I, I really, I really needed that. Not just, dis- I mean, I was, I think, addicted to that silent time. Because when you have a book, people don't mess with you. That's it's, beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, no, that's beautiful. I've never and thought of that, Lynn. That's I, beautiful. I, yeah. And so important now. I mean, you knew it as, I mean, you're like the sage child, you know, I, you knew this then, but we yeah. need, we need this now. I mean, it's more than ever, you know, that opportunity to, to feel like it's okay to just stop, to just slow down, to just, Take a minute, you know, and also to have some privacy in your own thoughts. A like quiet you're space to a just engage space. in something and one thing. That's a, and you bring up an interesting point. I think one one of the things that I find really interesting. I went to a movie, for example, the other based on a book that I'm going to talk about today. Great. Um, but um, I went to a movie and I look around and you see uh, not just younger people but older people as well. 
on their phones and they can't do they can't just watch a movie. Right. They have to be doing other things. Yeah. With a book, you can read a book, but you can't you really can't. cook or do other things while you're reading a book. You have to be in that place. That's so true. And maybe that's why it's a bit of a tough sell because yeah. people have trouble just being being in where they are. But the amazing thing is that that we're seeing a resurgence of books and bookstores and mm-hmm. getting those things in our hand again. So maybe maybe it's not as hard of sell anymore. Maybe people are craving that again, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's take our first little musical break. So Jason is also an incredible musical connoisseur. We're going to have him back later in the summer to talk about music. So I tried to find some interesting things to show him. And I think this first one is really great. Um, This is a group called Balkan Beatbox. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) He totally knows. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, of course I know that. (laughs) I will say no when I don't know. I promise. Well, this is called 9-4 to the ladies and it's by balkan beatbox and it's on their this their album is called balkan beatbox ksu thunder 91.1 
All right. Welcome back, everyone. That was 9-4 to the ladies. And the band is called Balkan Beatbox. And the album is called Balkan Beatbox. And I'm Lynn Vartan. And you're listening to the Apex Hour. And today's Apex Hour is all about books. I'm joined in the studio by Jason Sander. Welcome back. Hi again. <laughs> and what we're going to talk about now are some books that we love. Um, the idea is that this is hopefully going to give you some inspiration to find your next great book for the summer. So do you want to start with one? Do you have one in mind? Yes, I have a lot. <laughs> I can start with one if I... you want. You, you, can go, you can go ahead and go first. Okay. If, what if we have overlap? That I, would be I, weird. I don't think we will, okay, go ahead. actually. You, you can go ahead and start, Lynn. Well, we, we yeah. might have one overlap, and that's if we're going to talk about The Wave by Susan oh, Casey, which we book. both love. So it's maybe I'll one. start by talking about that. But we won't talk about it too long because, of course, we've had Susan Casey in the studio as a guest on the Apex Hour podcast and radio show. Yeah. Can I interrupt you just for a moment? Of course. I would just like to say thank you to you for having me. I got to go to have lunch with Susan Casey. She's one of, I really one of my uh, literary heroes, actually. Oh, and it was really thrilling for me to to get to talk about subjects that no one will talk <laughs> me about like big wave surfing you guys were talking about like leashes on surfers yeah and all weird. this stuff yeah i mean who wants to talk about that no one well but she thank you i just want to say thank you you're in so a welcome. public space oh thank you're you. so welcome you, it was a joy i mean she was she's awesome just uh, such an amazing guest to have and and all to say that if you haven't yet read her books, um, they are fantastic. And I would recommend starting with, with The Wave. Um, but she also has Voices in the Ocean, which is the dolphin story, and Devil's Teeth, which is the shark story. Um, but The Wave is just uh, so much fun to read. It's that great blend of like honesty and, and direct and entertaining at the same time. So anyway, that's probably our only overlap. Yeah, is it, I, I agree as well wonderful book it's a great uh, book even if you're not i mean it seemed it's, it seemed like it would also be a tough sell it's about there's science in it but there's also you know it's about sport big wave surfing but uh susan casey has a wonderful style prose style um yeah. she was a journalist mm -hmm. but she also has uh elements it's very literary very yeah. her narratives uh mm -hmm. you know can keep up with any fictional narrative and they're right. entertaining narratives that's true so she could talk about any subject and it's actually it really is sincerely and if you want to hear more, you can check back in the podcast archive for the podcast with her talking about her writing. And we got into some great conversations about other things as well. So um, the book that I read most recently that I really loved um, is a book called Americana by Hampton Sides. Uh, really wonderful, wonderful author. Um, you know, he is an author and historian. Uh, he's written for The New Yorker, NPR, all kinds of different um, news and media outlets and Americana. Of course, there are stories, but what Americana is, is it's a collection of basically his favorite articles that he wrote, um, for the New Yorker and for other places. Um, and if you look at, I'm, I'm looking on the description on Amazon and, and this is the, the description, Harley Davidson bikers, dot, 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 Grand Canyon river rats, dot, 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 Mormon archaeologists, dot, 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 spelling bee prodigies, dot, dot, dot. And the very first story starts out with great skateboarders. And so I just, 
really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the writing style. I really enjoyed the slices of Americana that that he was um, writing about. And so I, I definitely highly recommend it. Of course, all the books we're talking about are, are widely available. He has many other amazing books as well. But I think as an intro into his writing, um, this is a really, a really great one. Um, Americana Dispatches from the New Frontier by Hampton Sides. So that's kind of the one I wanted to start with. All right, your turn. Nice. Uh, I I will go back to this name. One of my favorite. He's one of my favorite living American authors. His name's William Volman, and he's oh. won the National Book Award for a book called Europe Central. Oh, okay. Um, Pulitzer Prize. I think he's been up for. He he's he's very he's an award winner, but. Very few people know. Like most recently, he 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 makes these five thousand page, like doorstop books wow. about any like on subjects anywhere from like migration patterns of ancient people to. I want to concentrate on a book that, and it's relatively short. It's nowhere near even four hundred pages. It's a, <laughs> a book by him. It's, it's um, it's called Riding Toward Everywhere, and it's a Ooh. book about hopping trains. Ooh. Now, I am not here to advocate, especially if you're young, <laughs> don't hop trains. Read the book and you'll see why. It's very dangerous, but it is incredible because it's a very American story. It's yeah. about hobos. Yeah. And he he is he's he's a very he's an intellectual, but he he does a great job of writing beautiful prose for people. You don't have to have an advanced degree in literature to understand his books and to connect to them. He he's just he, he does an amazing job of really painting the portrait of the American landscape through the lens of, you know, downtrodden. Yeah. To, and it it's it's amazing. Do you know anything about what his process was like? Did he kind of live and do that? Yes. So this book is actually about it's him and a close friend of his who had quite a lot of experience doing this. I I don't know if he was not I can't remember uh, what what his friend's job was, but they're both professional people, uh-huh. and he takes a couple months out of the year every year to just go hop trains. Wow! And um, he like, talks that's a about thing. every year, not just once yeah, in his life. He well, kind of does it. William Volman, I think I don't know if he has kept this up as a hobby, but this other guy did. But yeah, he he like he does hobby. this. Yeah, he does this. Like some people go to you know the Bahamas for vacation. He he gets a a flannel and a backpack and he hops trains. That's insane. He, it it's it but it's it's something it's it's a very beautiful American, very romantic story. Wow. But it is there's some there's some filth that comes yeah. in this book. I mean it's not safe. Uh I mean you have people on both sides. You have criminals and then you have the cops trying to catch them. And in this book, he does a really good job of keeping kind of an open mind. He's not just like the man like they they're he, he tries to understand both sides right. of this uh and it's it's uh, i guess a subculture of people who do this some people do it for a living some people do it for fun i had no idea that it I was did, a thing yeah i never knew that there was like people who vacation by being hobos for two yeah two weeks to two months some people do it for half a year even that book sounds fascinating. It, Tell cool. us the name of the book and the author one Again, more time. Again, the book is called Writing Toward Everywhere, and it's by William Volman. Mm-hmm. Um, two N's at the end of Volman, V-O-L-L-M-A-N-N. Okay. Volman, yeah. That's great. Well, I can't wait. I'm going to definitely put that one on my list. Um, I have another one, and this is um, not a uh, a fiction book. It's actually kind of more of a how-to book, and it's a book that I recommend a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton to my students and really to anybody creative. 
The book is called The Creative Habit, uh, and it's by Twyla Tharp. And if you know the name Twyla Tharp, you may have may have heard the name. She's a uh, a very famous dance choreographer, um, and and is really well known in the dance scene. Um, and the thing that I love about The Creative Habit, I mean, she starts with how to deal with the the empty page, you know, and, and it's not just for dancers. It's not just for musicians. It's, it really could be for anybody addressing the creative process in any way. And she kind of talks about the creative process, but she also gives very distinct, um, exercises, uh, ways to get unstuck. And they're, they're kind of like exercises that are very tangible. It's not, it's not a self-help book in any way, shape, or form. It's it's more like how to break into the a new idea, and it's very very practical in that way. And she talks about that, um, you know, how do you face like the empty room as a choreography choreographer, or the blank canvas as a painter, or the computer or the empty page as a writer, or for musician, it could be getting into the practice room. And I just really love the the she's very like uh, vivid and fierce about how she approaches the project and and the process. And the exercises are great because you can kind of dip into them as much or as little as you want. You can kind of open and turn to one of them. And she may have something where uh, she just talks about changing adjectives or something and, and how to apply that to various different kinds of art to get your next idea or to develop an idea. And one of the things I like about her exercises is that it's not just about getting unstuck. It's also about de- developing a current create creative idea that you may have. And I just uh, think her book is great. I think her writing is great. I think um, the way she has struggled with the process and the way she deals with the creative habit and just that concept in and of itself, that being creative is a habit. Um, you know, it's not that the muse is going to strike you or anything like that, or that great quote where, does the muse strike you? No, I, I hit her over the head with a stick and drag her along with mm-hmm. me. You know, it's not really about the muse striking. It's about the habit of being creative. And mm-hmm. so I really love that book. And definitely, I definitely re- recommend it in my teaching and, and that. So I need that book, Lynn. Yeah. Well, I need it. I've I need got several copies. Life, yeah. <laughs> I've got copies in the You have music multiple studio. copies of books too, because yes, I, totally. I, do, I do, because I, there are certain books that I, sorry, we're going to, I'm not getting off the subject, no, but no. when you loan out a, I was going to say can I borrow it but when you loan out a book sometimes you know it's not going to come back to right. you I have there are certain books like that that I've had in my life that I have to keep rebuying because yes. I don't have the heart to ask for them back yes. but I'll just tell the people if you ever do this if you have someone's book um, ask them first but pass it on yes I would much rather certain books to be passed on if you really love it pass it on don't don't keep it yeah uh, or you don't have to give it back I love that sentiment. Yeah, certain books. Some books I want back, but there are some that I just know they're going to just keep going. Well, I mm-hmm. always have a few copies on hand. So that Sounds that book, like again, one. is The Creative Habit by Twyla Tharp. Okay, we'll do one more. So we're back to you, Jason. Do you have another book to recommend? I might be bringing up a sore subject for some people, and I'm going to, to preface my next selection with a debate okay. question. Books versus the movies, the adaptation, oh. the movie version of a book. Um, 
you know, don't most people say books? Oh, they're always like the books better. Um, and there, there are, there are occasions when like I've seen a movie that is actually better than the book. Can you think of any? I can. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> I know. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I, I can. But before I get there, yeah. I am going to talk about my next selection. And it's a very popular book, especially right now, because the film is currently in the theater and that's Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. Um, I have been recommending this book. This is one of those books that when I loan it, I just say goodbye to it because it's not coming back. It's an amazing book for readers of many different ages. Um, a lot of people say that to really, truly enjoy this book, you need to be a child of the 70s or 80s because there there are a lot of references to popular culture mm-hmm. from the 1980s. And yes, it enhances the enjoyment. But the story and the narrative alone stands on its own. It's a wonderful book, especially I recommend it to if there's any teenagers out here listening to this this show right now. If you're not really the most avid reader, you're just like, eh, I kind of fall asleep. This book starts out strong and ends strong. It's just a wonderful book for those of you who just don't like reading much. That's so That's one great. of the reasons I, I wanted to talk about this book today. Yeah, remind me the author and then just maybe like a one or two sentence synopsis in case anybody doesn't know and they're okay. curious. So the author's name is Ernest Klein. And previously, he was a screenwriter. He did, uh, I think it was a, a movie called, was it Fanboys? It was about, did you ever oh, see yeah. the Ohio teenagers who are obsessed with Star Wars? So that's the type of culture I think that this book really targets. The book is, Ernest Klein wrote this uh, book called Ready Player One, which is a video game reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about the not so distant future. And it's uh, kind of a dystopian world where okay. people just don't really feel like the you know can, they can't connect to the world there's a lot of poverty things happened um but there's something called the oasis it's this online world where you have an avatar mm. and it's a vr world so virtual reality is very much uh, been perfected by this time in the book and there's there's a young boy just to get get to the point that gives us enough really. yeah but just get to the point i would compare it to like charlie and the chocolate factory meets the the matrix so it's kind of <laughs> like this idea of, i love that of like i love stories about underdogs yeah. this kid is he's he's poor he doesn't have any friends he's he's not good looking he's he's completely average but he knows a lot of stuff about this popular culture so he has there's an easter egg and he has to whoever finds the keys and gets to the end of this, uh, this, you know, figures out this this puzzle will win, inherit all this money and complete control over the oasis. So that's pretty much the the premise of the book. But the book is so much better than the movie. If you have seen the movie, I challenge you today. This is a perfect example. Go get the book and read it. Um, the movie to me just didn't. It wasn't even close. Okay. It's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It's, but it was good. To the book. But the book is just oh, and it's just incredible. for our listeners who might be driving the the title and author again. Yeah, it's a, a book by Ernest Klein, and it's called Ready Player One. Um, currently, the movie is in the uh, the theater. It's doing quite well. Yeah. Directed by Steve, Steven Spielberg, which I mm-hmm. thought was a good idea, but. Mm-hmm. When you read the book, you'll know why I say that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, it's time for another musical uh, extravaganza, another little musical rate, uh, a little bit here. This piece is called, this song is called Better, and it's by Mallrat, and it's um, the title, uh, the album and artist are both Mallrat. Uh, This is KSUU, the Apex Hour, Thunder 91.1. Looking back up. Hurt my eyes Maybe all these 
angels had to fly. You get a little bit high. You're looking better than I. Better, better. I hope you're feeling better. You get a little bit high. You're looking better than I. Better, better. I need you feeling better. Welcome back. This is the Apex Hour. My name is Lynn Vartan, and uh, you're listening to KSCU Thunder 91.1. And today we are talking about books on on the Apex Hour. Jason and I are in the studio. Welcome back, Jason. Hi, Lynn. Thank you. Thanks again for having me on today. It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying every minute of it. It's just great. And Jason's going to be back later in the summer. Again, we're going to be going to a two-week format uh, here for the Apex Hour. So every other week, um, you can find out exactly which dates on scu.edu slash Apex. We have the dates um, for the summer shows there. Or you can just subscribe to the podcast and listen to at your leisure. The podcast is called The Apex Hour. All right. So we're talking about books and I'm going to start. Um, and I have one that is totally fun, trash reading. Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> so 
Um, you know, there's those times where I have been known to watch Bravo television and Housewives and all Bra- kinds of stuff. Bravo. Oh, yeah. I have a guilty pleasure or you a do? guilty pleasure, too. I'll, I'll just make lifetime television for women. I'm a big fan. I used to. Is that even still a thing? Because oh, yeah. I used to Because I used to watch. It's like 15 hour movies. <laughs> Yeah, a woman kills and, you her know, husband. Lifetime and gets away has with it. a really uh, big show right now. The show Unreal. Okay, um, I think that's on Lifetime, and it's a show that's a scripted show, but it's a scripted show about a show like The Bachelor. Whoa! Yeah, it's intense, actually. Unreal. Yeah, but I watch that <laughs> anyway. Um, Bravo! So, Sorry, I... Bravo TV. So sometimes, you know, I don't want to watch TV for my my candy, my chewing gum pleasure, <laughs> so to speak. Um, I like to read a book and. And um, there is an author, Michelle Scott, and her name is M. Her, her spelling is M I C H E L E one L, and then Scott S C O T T. And she has this series of mysteries that all take place in and around wine country, and they are awesome. It's all about this girl who sort of, uh, you know, starts by falling in love with the richest uh, vineyard owner and all of this stuff. And then they and she ends up kind of as an amateur detective and solving all these murders that happen. There's a murder each time in the book, and there's a great dog in the book that they have. And so she ends up living this idyllic life in Napa Valley on a vineyard, but yet also solving all these mysteries. And the other really fun thing about the book is that there are recipes throughout the book. It's one of these, it's probably the name, there's a name for the genre of like food mysteries. And so there's all this super fun and elegant kind of California style cuisine. Um, we shall have like stuffed figs and, and then the, whatever she eats in the restaurant, they'll have the recipe for it right there in the book. And so every couple of chapters, you'll have that. And I just think it is like watching a super fun TV show. And so I would highly recommend them if you're looking for something really fun and really playful and it's got great recipes. Um, it's any of the wine mysteries um, by Michelle Scott. Sounds, <laughs> here's the thing. People oftentimes think that you ha- it's like books or music that you, you have to be really sophisticated. Absolutely not. I mean, yeah. like what you like. Yeah. I, don't be afraid to and talk about and, you know, recommend well, what you like. Isn't That's, it totally the case for movies and music? I sure. mean, sometimes you want to watch a really heavy movie and yeah. sometimes you want to watch just like a silly, fun, animated, whatever yeah. thing. I mean, Gravity is Rainbow. It's a great book, but listen to the title. That yeah. is a heavy title. Yeah. Love in the Time of Cholera. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> so like, I mean, you don't have to read books that you know, are on everyone's list, uh, you know, it's, oh, I'm smart. I've read this book. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a personal journey. So. Yeah. And so I like my little wine mysteries, uh, right alongside with the deeper stuff that I get into as well. So <laughs> well, I'm going to follow that up with a really heavy book. <laughs> okay, so. That's perfect. All right. So I have the absolute opposite. Actually, it's not, it's, um, Okay, so the next book is a little different. It's a it's a book by he was a photojournalist uh, in the 1980s. He was a British photojournalist, and his name is Dan Eldon. Very young, mm. uh, he was in his early 20s actually um, when the majority of this book was put together. But the book is called 
uh, let me get this right. Chronicles. Let me see here. The journey is the destination. So it's a Ooh. book of it's. It's actually a, an art book. If you're looking for it, the genre, it would be art. Um, but he was a photojournalist, and his journals were full of his photo collages. But he went all over the world. Most famously, he covered the war in Somalia. Oh wow! And actually, he died there. He was stoned to death. No, died kidding. tragically, and he was actually about. He was. He had made the decision to leave because things were getting really heavy. Oh, wow. But he had been convinced to stay and cover one last event that was oh. happening. And yeah, he was. He was. He was actually murdered. Um, which kind of adds the heaviness, but it's also beautiful because you, you, when you look at th- this young man's work, it's inspiring because he had such a passion, not only for photojournalism, but the actual subjects, the people. And he had an eye for the beauty in the most horrible situations. He could pull out something beautiful. And I highly recommend this book. Uh, it's not like a standard narrative. Like I said, these are journals and there's a lot of collages. He writes in parts, but mostly it's family, friends, subjects, people he interviewed, uh, you know, children, old people, uh, war. He covers all of these things and he, he makes, he makes a personal journal and actually seeing this at times it makes you feel a little uncomfortable because it is just so candid you feel like you're look i feel like i'm trespassing but it was all i think it was his intention to have these these journals you know published and it was his family's way of kind of dealing with wow with the tragedy but it's though it's a heavy ending it's a it's a beautiful life's work um all in one place it's it's called the journey is the destination the journey is the destination. Yeah, the journey is the destination by Dan Eldon. And how do you spell Eldon? E L D O N. Oh my gosh, that sounds incredible. Mm. And so it's would be kind of found in an art section or it's an art book. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, th- I found it many years. It's pretty it's pretty easy to find. I mean, with the internet now you can find pretty much anything, but it's yeah. pretty standard. I mean, you won't have too much trouble finding it. It might be a little expensive because mm-hmm. it is obviously a hardback yeah. book. It's yeah. bigger, it's more of a coffee table book, right. but it is it's a beautiful story through pictures and Wow. This young man's uh, entries into his journal. So Thank you for sharing yeah, that. No problem. I'm excited to check that out and, and just really witness that. That sounds beautiful. I have another uh, fiction. This is just kind of straight fiction and has a little bit of a magical uh, side of it. I don't think we've talked about anything. Well, I guess maybe uh, Ready, Ready Player One has, has a little bit of the magic quotient in it. Uh, but this is uh, my also take on a little magic quote. And, and it's a fiction book that I read. I th- it's been a f- several years ago now that I read that I just kind of liked. It's sort of a mass market fiction, and it's a book called The Night Circus, and the author is Aaron Morgenstern. And, you know, I re- have you read that yeah, book? Yeah, it's good. It's a good one, it's isn't great, it? Yeah. It's just sort of a magical, uh, but without being super hyper magical. You know, if you're not really wanting or you're not feeling like, oh, I want a fantasy book or I want, uh, you know, a magic magician's book, it's a little more, uh, it kind of rides that line of being sort of normal fiction, but also magical. And it's, it's about a, a competition between two, uh, magicians, uh, who keep adding on and trying to outsmart and out magic each other 
by by their creation of this night circus that they keep adding on to on a uh, every night or every other night. I can't remember what the mm-hmm. time frame is. And I just remember being really uh, bewitched by this book and just really enjoying it. What was your? I, so we do have another overlap. Yeah. No, I didn't really. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's, it's just a nice it is. fiction, nice fiction book with an interesting story. You know, sometimes I go through and I'm trying to choose my next book and I'm looking on my Goodreads or on my Litsy or whatever, or just at the airport, you know, and, and this, this is a kind of straightforward fiction with a magical element, but mm-hmm. it's a very creative story. So I think. who would you envision as a target audience for a book like this specific book? I mean, I think young people. Yeah, I don't know. Would I mean, enjoy it, but again, I'm, it's really difficult for me to answer my own question when I just mm-hmm. asked, because I'm a huge fan of young adult literature. I'm a right. huge fan of coming of age stories. Right. I, right. Lo- I mean, uh, this is the stuff that I loved as a kid, but, this is also the stuff I love as an adult. Yeah. It remind, especially coming of age as a genre, and I think anything with like a tinge of magic and like this. Yeah, I, I've, I'm just, I say, it, for lack of a better word, I'm a sucker for it. I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. I mean, and it's not like I said, it's not. You're not de- delving into a fantasy world. With, it's not like a fantasy mm-hmm. book with like elves and gnomes and, and that forty-two kind of thing, vo- you know? parts and like. Part, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not that. It's just mm-hmm. a standalone piece of fiction that takes place in the regular world, so to speak, but has this kind of magic uh, magicians in the way of like traditional magician kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that book I really enjoyed. That's The Night Circus. And the author is Aaron Morgan Stern. Um, Mm. Yeah. Okay. Back to you, Jason. Uh, My next recommendation, um, I, I will have to actually make just a little bit of a statement about it's not for all audiences. However, There's a there's a bit of a, a a mature angle to this book, but it's actually written by one of my favorite graphic novel writers. His name's Warren Ellis. Oh. Uh, he's famous for comics, actually, but he wrote a novel and it's called Crooked Little Vein. Oh, and uh, it kind of reminded me you were talking about your kind of guilty pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love detect like private detective stories. Oh, cool! Like, film noir type. Yeah, and this is very much. A detective story, but it's really strange. I'm gonna if you if you pick up this book, just go in to know that it, it gets really weird. But I can't I can't tell. I don't want to say too much about it. But the premise is that there's um, a private detective working late in his office. That's how all good stories start: a foggy Absolutely. night and a mysterious knock on the door. Absolutely. So when the door opens, it's a guy who works for the government, and he has. There were two constitutions to the United States. There was Hmm. one that we know and one secret constitution that really ran the country. It's like this book of secrets document that is kind of a conspiracy theory, like conspiracy theories are swarming. Anyway, it had been lost many, many years before. It's a hilarious, it's a hilarious story, but there are some adult themes in here um, because this document had been lost amongst subgroups, subcultural groups who may live unsavory lives. So this guy has to go in, like dive into the deep, weird subtextual layers of American culture. And it gets weird. Mm -hmm. Like there's some weird fetishes and there's some weird people out there. And it's just an amazing exploration of character. It's a fun book. 
Um, I highly recommend it if you know you're not too squeamish. So it's definitely adult themes it's and not adult for the themes. squeamish. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it to just anyone. Right. I mean, mature teenagers, I think, could handle it, but like older teenagers, yeah. eighteen. But, but it's not. I mean, it's not. And it's pornographic. A, it's a graphic it's a, novel. It's not a graphic oh, novel. It's not. But Warren Ellis was well, he a great. He's for. yeah. He's very very famous okay. for uh, for writing comics and graphic novels. But we definitely um, want to put the disclaimer that you should check it out on a deeper level first because it might not be for everybody. It's not for everyone, but I think that, you know, I mean, if it's, it's it really the, the things that are most offensive about it, actually, there's a great sense of humor to it. I see. If taken literally, you, you would be like, this is terrible, but it's, it's, it's meant to be very much an, uh, a satire, really, okay. of American culture and subcultures and uh, how we are all, this is what makes us American, is yeah. the fact that we are all so diverse. Yeah. Great. To an extreme. And so <laughs> tell cases. us, yeah. yeah, well, it seems yeah. like it with this one. Let yeah. Tell us again the name and, and the author. Okay. The author is Warren Ellis, and the book is called Crooked Little Vein. Oh, great. Yeah, okay. It's a great book. Well, I know that Jason has to get off to class, but let's see if we can pressure him to give us one more recommendation. Do you have another one offhand or maybe something you're itching to read that's on your up next to read list? My next, the book I really want to read next, I'm waiting in line because my wife is actually currently reading the book. And it's one of those things that we don't read books at the same time. Yeah. But like sometimes it's like I had this book, it was laying around and I left it laying around on the coffee table a little too long and she picked it up. So now I have to wait my turn. Um, (laughs) See, that's what happens. Yeah. And actually I'm not, I wasn't expecting to talk about this, but you asked and it was, hold on. (laughs) Well, while you're looking for that, I'll give one more title. I'm terrible with title. Okay. I'm terrible with titles and author names. Me too. I have to really do prep. I know. Um, but it's all the light we cannot see. It's very famous. Oh, right? yes. Number one. All the light we cannot see is a yeah. famous, it's famous a very book. super famous book. Um, and I love it. I, I just read the first page and the prose in this book is just, po- it's poetry from the first page to the last page. It's beautifully written. Mm. And, uh, I'm a big fan of, of reading things for the story, but also for the style. And, yeah. Um, you know, it, my first degree was in literature. So like the analysis that I like heavy literature too. Um, right. I, I like trash and I, I like, you know, you know, heavy trash, I guess, <laughs> but no, I, I really do enjoy, you know, great books and great literature. And I, this one looks just, just beautiful. Great. And I don't know the author's name. I'll have to look it up real quick. I'll have to cheat. Yeah, you can totally do uh, that while I talk about the one that I'm going to uh, th- – I have a whole list for this summer. Oh, my gosh. I mean, as that happens. Um, and the one that I kind of got up next, I've been meaning to read for a while. And the title is The Apparitionist. And the author is Peter Manseau, M-A-N-S-E. E-A-U. And um, the tagline, I think, will get you interested. Um, again, it's called The Apparitionist. And the tagline is a tale of phantoms, fraud, photography, and the man who captured Lincoln's ghost. Wow. I know, Heavy. right? Wow. Well, it's, it is what it's about is it's an expedition through the beginnings of photography and all of the deceptions that were taking place at that time, mm-hmm. all the false, you know, when photography first exist, first came to be, and you may, uh, maybe this is a hobby of yours, but when photography first came to be, they really thought they were capturing 
like the essence of people's spirits mm-hmm. on on those plates on film. And so along with that came a lot of deception and falsification of that and this kind of thing. And so this book, I mean, it has it's one of the, uh, you know, Publishers Weekly's top 10 books of 2017. It's got all these great New York Times book reveal, Wall Street Journal, blah, blah, blah. Um the path of the story loops through the Civil War, the Telegraph, P.T. Barnum, spiritualism, and the trained seal. Um, and yeah, that's how one of the quotes. So it's just throwing <laughs> darts at random topics. No, it's all. And we're going to put it all in that book. We're going <laughs> to. But it's really telling. I mean, it's it's historical. You know, it's, it's a historical story, but told with that kind of very fiction type type style. And I'm just really excited about it. So that one's called the Apparitionist, and again, it's a tale of fantasy. Phantoms, fraud, photographs, and the man who captured Lincoln, Lincoln's ghost. And the author is Peter Manso, M-A-N-S-E-A-U. So that's on my next up list. So, so this is uh, this is on your summer reading list. Yeah, oh, one of the great. 10 million things on my summer reading list. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I think we're basically out of time today. And I just want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you to Jason for joining oh, me in the studio. This is such a thrill for me, Lynn. <laughs> You do such great work here at this university. Sincerely, we really appreciate it. And thank you for having me on today. Thank you very much for coming on. I'm going to hold you to my future invitation to do music with you as well. We have to bring it. I'll have to cart a turntable in here, though. We can do that. Can we do that? We can totally make that happen, of course. Turn this into 1977. Absolutely. I think our audience would love that. Mm -hmm. So come by uh, the studio. You can see us do this live and like stare at us through the window. We'll be happy to. uh, all our mini fans. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so again, we're going into summer here. Um, we're almost done with our semester at the university and we're going to a two week model for the apex hour. If you're interested in listening live on the specific dates, those will be on our website, which is su.edu slash apex. Or if you would like, which we would love for you to do, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating or a review to let us know how you're enjoying it so that we can get our podcast here in Cedar City at Southern Utah University, more known uh, and and more subscriptions to it. That would be just great. Um, so I will sign off for now. This is Lynn Vartan. I'm your host for the Apex Hour, and we will look forward to seeing you next time here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. Thanks so much for listening to the Apex Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. Come find us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. for more conversations with the visiting guests at Southern Utah University and new music to discover for your next playlist. And in the meantime, we would love to see you at our events on campus. To find out more, check out suu.edu slash apex or email us at suapex at icloud.com. Until next week, this is Lynn Vartan saying goodbye from the Apex Hour here on Thunder 91.1.